Are you ready for it to be over? I see some hands. Okay. We've had Mother's Day. We've had graduations. Love bugs. We've had preschool graduations and middle school, high school graduations, college graduations. Now we're having parties of the graduations. May, a lot of times, we think of family. And families get together. Do you always look forward to family gatherings? I know you're in church. It's kind of like, well, preacher, it just depends what part of the family. I'm kidding. But you know, family. Do you think your family... (laughs) Do you think you just have the weirdest family? You know, sometimes you say, well, preacher, there's just some in our family we just don't talk about. But you know, I I have found something through life. Just about every family has that. To some degree, right? Now, what about a church family? You know, we're unique. That's that's one way of saying it, right? We all have differences of opinion. And so this morning, I want to think about family, but I also want to think of the family of God. Now, this morning, as as we think of the church and we think of the family that we make up of, and then family as we have brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles, there are some principles that I believe God has left us. And and in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, we find As Paul is is sharing here, he said, but if I should be delayed, he's telling Timothy this, I have written so that you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. You know, a lot of times we forget this, and I'm not here this morning to to be a stickler on things. You know, I I remember the time when when I was, as a child, these kids' age, was brought up in the church. And, you know, of course, we thought we had it rough. But we also had had corporal punishment, too. I mean, you know, uh, we we knew that if we misbehaved in church that uh, uh, there was a reckoning. And, and, And sometimes it was before we even got out the door. And, and sometimes it was when we got home. Behavior today. Look at that. It says, so that you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. When you go out with small children, what's your greatest fear? That they what? Okay, they get lost, get away from you, have a meltdown. Okay? You ever go out to dinner with a small child? One time, we had to pay a waiter a large tip just to get what our daughter did on the table. Uh, you know, sometimes, and then as a parent, you're by, I'm not taking them out until they're 16. You know, but one of the things as parents in, in our household is that we also try to teach our children how to behave. There's certain decorum in the sense of when you gather at the table, how to act. 
You know, you, you know, and, and, and so those are certain things that we, we try to teach them of when you're with company or when you're out, there's a certain decorum, there's a certain way that we hope they act. And then we know it's a little different when it's, when it's just family. But even then, there's certain rules, you know. Uh, uh, we don't stick our fingers in the food, you know, and things like that. There's certain decorum. Well, what about God's church? I think Paul is also reminding us of how to conduct ourselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God. It it should remind us that even today, we need to be reminded of how to conduct ourselves. And, and, And you say, well, preacher, that's, you know, in our world today, it's I'll do what I want to do. Now, as we think of that, being part of the family God is a great blessing, isn't it? And, and as we look around this morning, we just see a small glimpse of that. Being part of the family of God is, is a great blessing. But, you know, we also need to realize how important a family is. You know, we marry, we have children, we rear them, we cry when they leave, and we cry when they come back. But we also realize the importance of family. Now, what makes a family work? You ever thought about that? You know, in a family, we find that there are expectations. Remember, even as we look in the Bible, Jesus showed us and told us about the parable of the talents. Remember that? In Matthew 25, 21, we find where he says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. You see, our Lord wants us to grow in his family, and even in our families. You know, our kids are cute when they're small, but... but And there's a time for that, but they also need to grow, don't they? And we need to see the the talents that God has given us. Remember that parable? He gave one five, another one three, and another one one. And the five went and invested it. And when the master came back, he was able to give his master an increase. But there was one who took his one talent and he was afraid he might lose it. And so he hid it in the ground, did nothing. And sometimes we, we are like that with our mentality. We think, well, you know, I, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to grow. Uh, I don't need to mature. But the Lord is telling us in his family that it's important for us to grow in the Lord. I don't know about you, but every time I see... Uh, our praise band sing and play. I see growth. I see maturity. They have grown in their abilities. But if they just sat there and said, well, you know, that's something I want to do and, and never act on it and grow, grown in it, but, you know, we, we need to see that as a, as a family, God has given us talents. Now, some of you think that you have no talents. And I want to tell you, you're wrong. Because I believe firmly that Jesus has given us all talents. 
You have a talent. Maybe you haven't discovered it yet, but you have talents. And, 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 and that's why the church is important to help you discover and help you develop those talents. Because the Lord wants us to grow and he wants us to, to be mature and God wants us to realize our potential. Sometimes we won't find our potential until we get stretched a little. We've got to get stretched a little. Teaching vacation Bible school. That'll stretch you. Go on a mission trip. That'll stretch you. Decide to pray every morning. Maybe that's going to be a stretch. But what about the benefits of doing that? He said, I believe God expects us to do our best. The same way in the family that you have, you expect your children to do their best. Not saying that's an A possibly in all grades, but if they do their best, many times that's what parents will say. I want you to do your best. And we know sometimes that for certain subjects and and certain children, a C is their best. Brother Preston and I, we rejoiced when we got a C. Now people like Kathy and Tara, they didn't get an A, they were in mourning. Oh, not you, Tara. I thought you would. <laughs> you know. But, you know, we need to do our best. We need to see that in a family there are expectations. But also, here's something else that we forget sometimes. In a family, there needs to be forgiveness. Now, you think about that. Look at Matthew 18, 21 and 22. In Matthew 18, 21 and 22, look at it. It says, Then Peter approached him and asked, Lord, How many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sinned against me? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. You see, Jesus is willing to forgive everyone in the family who repents. Now, in our earthly family, sometimes... Is that a little harder sometimes? Shouldn't be, but we make it sometimes. We say, well, but you just don't know that black sheep we've got. There's no way I can forgive them. This is where we need to look at the Scripture. Jesus says that he will forgive them if they repent of their sins. What about us? I think Jesus expects us to forgive one another. Now, at the same token, I know that that's hard to do. But if we harbor unforgiveness, then can God forgive us? If we're not willing to forgive someone else, think about that. Can God forgive us if we're not willing? Remember the servant that his slave or his, the one that was underneath him, owed him money and and, and he didn't pay it and he had him beaten and, you know, put in jail and everything. But then one day, this man who had had this guy beaten, his master called him, and he didn't have what he was supposed to have. And he asked for leniency, and and he, he got it. But then the master found out how he treated his slave. 
You see, sometimes we, we, we need to, to realize forgiveness is something that is ordained of God. I don't know if I did Matthew. Let's do Matthew 6, 14 and 15 if, if we have that one, Aaron. I don't know if I gave you that one. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. But if you look at that, it says, For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your father will not forgive your offenses. Well, that makes us think, doesn't it? The importance of forgiveness. If, if I asked you this morning, every one of us in this room would say, I need forgiveness. Every one of us, I would think. But are we willing to forgive? Now, that's something to think about. But another thing in the family is that in the church family, in your family, in my family, a family needs encouragement. We all need encouragement. Our children need encouragement. Our spouse needs encouragement. I think Jesus wants us to encourage one another. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another. And build each other up as you're already doing. The importance of, of, of lifting one another up. How, how can you encourage someone? Sometimes we can encourage someone by, by properly spoken words. In other words, saying something to, to meet that need at, at that moment. I don't know about you, but have you ever sat at in a restaurant, and someone behind you, they're talking, and basically you can hear everything they're saying, you know. But then when they're talking, it's one curse, curse word after another. And it's, and it's, I mean, and they're not whispering this, they're, they're you know, and, and it's just, it's offensive. And part of you wants to turn and say, look, can you... You know, can you use some other words or, look, I'm with my, my wife or I'm with, my children are here. But then the other part of you is thinking, man, this could start something and, and even get worse. But, you know, sometimes we need to be reminded, is there a good time to use foul language? There's never a good time. I know in our society today, foul language creeps in. Sometimes it's words we hear, and, and sometimes people that use them, when you stop them, they say, well, what did I say? They don't even know, because it's just something that comes out. You know, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it's a verse that we need to, to remember in Ephesians four twenty nine. It says, no foul language should come from your mouth. But only what is good for building up someone in need. So it gives them grace to hear those who hear. Really, the, the foul language should not be in our vocabulary, but, but it creeps in sometimes. Maybe the way you were brought up. You were not brought up in a Christian home. Maybe the people you work around. Foul language is all around. 
But what does foul language do? Does it ever, does foul language ever lift someone up? According to the scripture, it doesn't. And the way you've heard it, does it lift you up? No, many times it makes you mad. But we need to see that our language should be for the purpose to lift someone up. We also need to see the importance as we encourage of togetherness. You know, it's always better if you have more people together doing something. I was telling Kathy the other day, we had the two boys and, and they were at the house and they had been watching TV and pulling out toys. And we finally I said, okay, grandpa's going to get the vacuum cleaner and I need y'all to pick up. And the two of them working together. Got it picked up pretty quick. I was surprised, but they did. But working together, we need to see also the importance of working together. We also need to see the importance of cooperating. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, and you are God's building. But we are God's co-workers, working together. You see, when a church comes together and and works together, oh, great things can be done. I've seen work days here at the church when a group of people would work together. A lot can get done. It is amazing what a group of people can do in, in VBS and getting things set up in a classroom. But when one person is trying to do it because no one else, it's very difficult. We need to see the importance of working together. But we also need to to realize that in John 13, 35. It says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Working together, having that love, being there. One other verse to look at. 1 John chapter 2, 9 through 11. 1 John chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. If you look at that verse, it says, The one who says he is in the light but hates his brother or sister is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother or sister remains in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother or sister is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness... It's blinded his eyes. Have you seen that happen? Unfortunately, I have. You have. And sometimes it's happened to us. Hasn't it? We don't like to admit that, but sometimes it has. So, see, working together and and, and being there. But also, here's another thing that we see less of today. In a family, I'm talking about your family My family, the church family, in a family, there is discipline. There is discipline. You see, God's family must be a disciplined family. Let's look at Hebrews 12, 7 and 8. Aaron will bring it up just a moment. Hebrews 12, verses 7 and 8. Endure suffering Endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you're not. Then you are illegitimate children 
and are not sons. You say, preacher, what does that mean? Well, if we're not disciplined, we're not God's children. In other words, God is saying, look, in my family, you will be disciplined. God will discipline. Think about in your family today. Some of you can remember, some of you know what the Board of Education is. Some of you know what, what a little willow branch with some leaves on the end. Some of us know what that is and what it's used for. Now, I'm not saying that we, you know, but in family, in your family, is there discipline? You know, and, and this is, this is, kindergarten teachers will tell you this, VPK teachers will tell you this. When we get kids for the first time and organize education, he said, oh, well, we just let him do whatever he wanted to do. I understand that. But now we're coming to a different stage of his life or her life. And sometimes it goes easy and sometimes it's pretty tough. And aren't we seeing more of that? Well, I've just let them do whatever they want and what feels good. But also today, when it's discipline, sometimes you're looked down upon. Because you've disciplined your child. Be reminded of something. God disciplines those he loves. And parents, we should discipline our children because hopefully we love them and we're doing it for their benefit. Discipline helps us become Christ-like people equipped for the kingdom of God's work. You see, God has given us the scripture and, and, and he gave us that scripture so that it would be an inspiration and that it would be profitable. And, 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 and it was there for reproof and for correction. You say, well, where are you getting that from? Well, that's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. You see, that's why God gave us those things. And so when we live and, and, and we are disciplined, we bring glory and, and, and to God. Or we bring dishonor upon God. You see, all scripture is inspired by God. It is profitable for teaching for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Discipline. And so even in our families today, there is a need for that. And even in our churches today, we need to see that there's discipline. We need discipline. You see, we need to be the best workers. We need to be the best payers up front with dealing with our people. We need to be the best, not to, to brag, but to bring out the love of God. We also, in the family, we need to have a support group. <laughs> I know sometimes you feel like, yeah, we are a support group, but, but, but God wants his family to be sensitive. God wants his family to, to be there for, for others. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, it says, if it, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. 
We need to see that we need to be there for each other. As even in families, I've seen brothers and sisters sometimes fight like cats and dogs, but at the same time, in other situations, they're there for each other. We need to be there for our family. We need to be there in the church. We need to be there. Well, look at them. They got themselves in some trouble. Well, yeah, they did. Are we going to write them off? Are we going to write them off? It's like the old country story about a mother who had her kids. They were out in the country. They didn't have much. And her kids would go out and play in the evenings. One evening, she hollered for the kids to come in, and one of them didn't come in. And she finally had to go looking for him. And when she finally found him, he had had fallen in the old tar pits. He had gotten out. But he was a mess. The tar and everything he'd come in contact with was stuck all over him. And this country mama looked at him and she said, I don't know if it'd be easier just to have another child or clean this one up. If you could understand the setting, you would would understand what I'm saying. But you know, do we write people off because they get dirty? Or they get messed up. If that's the case, we all would have been written off. Guys, we need to be we need to be supportive. We also need to see that in a family, problems are worked out. Now, you think with me in the in the New Testament, just in the New Testament, but in Acts chapter six, just in the, that chapter as a whole, the church was having a problem. Well, guess what? In Acts fifteen, they were having another problem. Now. I know a lot of times we say, well, preacher, you know, these problems, they're just driving me crazy. Well, they do. But we also need to see that as a family, if it's a church family, if it's our family, we need to sit down and work out problems. In Matthew twelve twenty five, it says, but Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Guys, we need to work things out. And God is there to help us. And so in families, the importance of working things out. But also in a family, there's a place of identity. You see, God wants us to know who we are. Just like the kids were, okay, that's a rhinoceros, that's a giraffe. That's Do we know who we are? Are we a child of God? Wanna, sometimes when I'm at the hospital and we have long hours to wait with a family, we play a game. Let's pick out the preachers. People will come by and say, oh, that, that's got to be a preacher. That, that just, just look at him. You know? And, you know, and if we get brave, we'll even try to choose the denomination. You know? Sometimes it's easy with the Catholics. But, uh, uh, but some of them get kind of hard. Those Pentecostals are hard. Uh, but, you know, we try to pick them out. Well, what about us? Would people pick us to be a Christian? In our family, is there, is there a place to, you know, you see, do we have a family to belong to? We do. And it's God's family. And, and we need to identify with that family and be 
part of his family. We need to realize that we are his children and we are Christians. And as Christians, we act a certain way. Another thing about family is that in a family, we find security. As I said a moment ago, sometimes brothers and sisters can fight like cats and dogs, but you mess with one of them and the other one is right there. See, God wants us to feel secure in his family. Just like you want to feel secure in your family. There's a lot of problems in our world today. But there's a need for security in our homes. And and, and I'm not talking about just locks on the doors. I'm talking about where children, when they come home, feel safe. and Don't feel like they're going to get jumped on the moment they walk in the door. And that applies to spouses. They feel safe and not feel like they're going to get beat up on or physically even beat up on. That's not the way God intended. You see, family relationships are important to God in his eyes. But we also need to see that in a family and in a church that there needs to be acceptance. We need to accept one another. Now, We need to accept one another. That doesn't mean we accept what people do that is wrong, but we accept people. John 3, 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But here's the last thing. In a family, we need to be able to find We have a comforting Father. Through our Lord God, He is there to comfort. Now, I know today not all physical homes are comforting. They should be, but we know that they're not. But in God's house, there should be a certain amount of comfort that we know that we can rely upon the Lord. We need to be careful about being idle. We need to be careful about being discouraged. But we also need to see the importance of helping the weak and being patient with everyone. I saw a little cartoon this morning. I don't remember all the gist of it, but, but well, it was basically dealing with a person standing in line. And in front of this guy was all the slow people. And they had them, you know, cartoon what slow people look like. Preston has told me I'm developing to be one of those slow people. Say, come on, Frank, get faster. Come on, Frank, we're ahead of you. I thought, I'm going to get there. Just, just, you know, why rush? Some of you got longer legs than others. Be patient. We're going to get there. But you know, in a family, in God's family, there's a place of expectations and forgiveness and, and encouragement. And this morning, I just pray that as we look at our household that God has given us, and as we look at the church, spiritual leadership is important. But we need to encourage each other. We need to, we need to while it's still in the day, we need to take each day and present it to God. And we need to be there. For the Lord has appointed the blessing of life forever. And God's family 
should be the greatest family that there ever has been. I hope that we would realize that today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for time this morning. And Lord, I pray that we would see the importance of the family of God. Lord, we know we're not perfect. Don't claim to be. But Lord, we thank you that we can be part of your family. Sometimes people say, well, there's no way I can be part of that family. But Lord, we know how you stand there with your arms open. And Lord, you're there to help each of us. And Lord, if there's one here today that is not part of the family of God, Lord, I know that you invite them.